Lord, we come before you right now, Father, asking you to bless this place, Lord, that your word would reign true in this place, that we would get prepared uh, today to go out and make a difference for you in this generation that really, Paul called it a crooked and perverse generation, Father, but you're calling us, you're calling those uh, children of God, those believers, those that have surrendered their life to you to shine like bright stars in the universe, your word says, as we hold fast to your word, Father, that we would not run in vain, but we would run for your glory. And I give you that glory in Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 18, Pilate, he's having this conversation with Jesus. And in John 18, 37 and 38, it's a great two verses. Pilate said to him and asked Jesus, looked him right in the face and said, asked him a question, are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king for this person, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of this truth listens to my voice. And that's why we gather today. That's why at home when we get into his word or talk about his word that we're gathering together here to listen to his voice. And we hear his voice every time we open up the word of God. It's his voice speaking to him. In verse 38, Pilate said to him, what is truth? What is truth? It's a great question. And and it says in the scriptures, after he said this, he went back outside Pilate to the Jews and told them, I found no guilt in him. So the question this morning is, what is truth? What would be your definition of truth? Where do you go or who do you find the truth from? And there are many words that I'd like to start out today to give you a definition for uh, this morning. And you can fill in the first one is obviously truth. And a definition for truth is a verified or indisputable fact, proposition, principle, or the like. The state or character of being true. And he had all kinds of definitions in, my, in the Bible app, my dictionary app. Definition number 12 said this. In truth, in reality, in fact, actually, in truth, Moral decay hastened the decline of the Roman Empire. So you see that the fact, the truth about the decline of, of the Roman Empire happened because of their moral decay. Do you see any moral decay going on in our country right now? The next definition is for the word opinion. Opinion meaning a belief or judgment that rests on the grounds insufficient. That's a key word in that definition, insufficient to produce a complete certainty, a personal view, attitude, or appraisal. Next word, relativism, great word, is any theory holding that criteria of judgment or relative varying, great word, very important word when you're talking about relativism, Varying with individuals and their environments. Now, when I Googled relativism, uh, Eric Koufax teached me how to do Google a few years back, is the idea that views are relative, relative to differences in perception and consideration. Two key words there. Truth, relativism, is the doctrine that there are no absolute truths. 
That's a heavy statement. And that's what the world is portraying in this generation, the past few generations, that there are no absolute truths. That truth is always relative to some particular fame of frame of reference, such as a language or a culture. Then the last word I want to talk about is view, a particular manner of looking at something, contemplation or consideration of a matter with reference to an action. You know, when you see that word view, you think about the show that's on every day called The View, would not recommend watching it, praise God. But that's where we as Christians differ from the world. We have the access to truth through the Holy Spirit as he brings to us in our hearts, in our minds, God's word. And the Holy Spirit brings to us God's, his precepts, his laws, his decrees, his principles, his commandments. All of those things that we see in the word are truth. Jesus said in John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, because Thomas asked him a great question, man. In John chapter 14, you know, how do we know where you're going and how do we know where to go? And Jesus said to him, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's such an important verse. And today at that funeral, that will be one of the main verses. Because that's where you have to go to figure out. Because that verse right there, John 14, 6, tells us the truth of who to believe in who to follow, who to worship, who to serve, who to live for. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, Tony Evans, uh, just a great man of God, and I found out he lost his wife, uh, Lois, like a week or so ago. You probably saw it on Facebook. Uh, Tony Evans shared this once. He said, a man asked three of his friends to tell him the meaning of truth. One of his friends was a psychiatrist. He said truth is what one feels it to be. Another one of his friends was an accountant. He said truth is what one needs it to be. Another one was a lawyer. He said truth is what one can make it to be. Tony Evans shared that people today talk often about the concept of my truth. You'll hear that, my truth in the opinion that truth is relative and completely determined by their point of view. And that's where everything gets all jumbled up. Now, the word truth appears in the ESV Bible 139 times. The word truth is in the Bible. I'm starting a series of messages today called Truth or Consequences uh, because isn't, and I hope I can get this right, isn't the results of how we look at the truth or handle the truth or live out the truth because of what we believe is the truth. Think about that. And isn't everything we say or do as believers, as children of God, going to bring about some kind of consequence for each of us? And those consequences could be good or bad. There are good consequences and there are bad consequences. Synonyms for the words consequences are the effects, the results, the after effects, the penalties, or the end result. Now, I was reading in the Bible a couple weeks ago in Ecclesiastes, and I saw this 
in chapter 12, there's verse 10. I loved it. It says that Pete, the preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. So I hope everything that I share in this series is going to be about the truth, where we go for the truth, and that outside of these walls, there are people are saying, well, there's my truth and your truth, and it's all messed up, man. So my goal, because I want to have a goal and a passion and an objective as we dig into God's Word, which I consider to be the truth, the absolute truth, along with sharing with you the consequences have happened when we decide to live by that truth or when we decide not to live by the truth. And I will do that by bringing you words and verses from his word to show you where the truth comes from and our need for us to live out this truth in every area of our lives, every area, in our homes, in our marriages, and raising our children, and at our jobs, in our neighborhood, out in the community, in the house called the church, that we have to learn what the truth is and how to live it out. Or we could really barrel it down to a couple words, learning how to live out his word spiritually, relationally, socially, and even politically. So my main text today is in John chapter 8. It was Jesus. He was at the Mount of Olives. He was teaching When you look at the beginning of that chapter and having discussions with the scribes and the Pharisees, and you'll see the word truth comes up many times in this conversation, really three or four times of the 139 times the word truth is in the Bible. I want to start at verse 31. Here we go. John chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Here's this conversation going on. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, That's very important that they believed him. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus just laying it out. So if you ask the question, well, why do we get in in the community groups every Sunday? Why do we get the teenagers together and the kids together? Because if we learn how to abide in his word, we have to learn the word. We have to read the word like Savannah so greatly said. We have to start by reading it and then start by meditating on it. Then we truly become his disciples because we can say all the right things all day long. We can learn the Christian lingo, but whether we actually make an effort or a choice to get into the word, that shows that we're truly his disciples. Why do you read the Bible? Because I'm his disciple. I want to know him. I want to grow in him. I want to know what plans he has for me to make a difference for him in this generation. I want to know how to be a better husband. Better be in the word. And no doubt about it. So then they answered him, the scribes and the Pharisees, we are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we'll become free? So to me, that word believe, when it says believe to him in that verse 31, to me, that's people making a formal profession of faith. Their words there in verse 33 and 37 show that they were not true believers. These scribes and these Pharisees, they weren't believers. Because they kept saying, hey, we're the offspring of Abraham. He is who we follow. And in today's world, I really think just like back then, 
There are so many so-called gods that we can follow. Buddha, Allah, Mormons, Baltimore Ravens, anything. Could there be those who would follow political parties like they are their God and who they follow to get their truth? Now, going on in verse 34, Jesus comes back to him again and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is a promise as Jesus just laying it out to these scribes and, and Pharisees. You will be free indeed. I know you're the offspring of Abraham, Jesus said, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Capital F for Jesus, lowercase f for the scribes and Pharisees. So I'd like to make this statement this morning because sinners truly, I feel in my heart, the truth is because sinners cannot break free by their own strength. That's a key word. They become a slave to sin. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. Let's go on now. Jesus, verse 39. So they answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. And think about the works Abraham did. He followed God. He left his his country, his nation, and followed him, went where God wanted him to go. But he said, you would be doing the works of Abraham, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are not doing the works of your father did. And they came back to him, the scribe and Pharisees, were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. So I think to myself, you look at this conversation going on, and now Jesus is really getting serious with them. He's really getting the bottom line to them. Jesus is warning like his Jewish opponents of the reality of Satan's murderous and and deceitful influence. And I think about that constantly and how Satan has a hold on so many things in this world. Think about it. Don't forget that Satan, the devil, he's working 24-7 to do everything that he can to keep you away from the things of God. You have to understand that. There are five things that I think every Christian and every Christian church should be teaching in their worship fellowship, discipleship, evangelism, and ministry. Those five things is is what God has planned for his church and us as Christians to do. Worship, that's our lifestyle, how we live fellowship, how we gather together around the word and, and help each other and as we accept each other and pray for one another and get together. And discipleship is just learning the word. It's just going deep into the Bible and to be discipled. As you become one of his disciples, you've got to get in the Word. And that evangelism is sharing and the ministry is serving. Those things are so important. 
But Satan, he will lure, lure you, deceive you, trick you into not living for God. His job, and Jesus told us what his job is in John 10.10. 10, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal your joy, steal your hope, steal the goodness God has put inside you. He wants to kill it. He wants to destroy it. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That's who we follow. That's the God we serve. Do you remember what Jesus said in John 14, 30 and 31? Because he gave the disciples a warning and it's a warning for us. He says, I will no longer talk much with you. The ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Isn't that beautiful? He was giving us a warning. The ruler of this world's coming. And his name is Satan. And he wants to do everything he can to keep you away from that. So when I look over these verses and meditate on them and think about it and check commentaries. I think the problem with the Jews, the scribes, and the Pharisees in these verses really wasn't intellectual, but it was just, they were just basically spiritual problems because they were oriented towards Satan. They were bent on murder, and you see that in verse 37, and they would ex- eventually succeed in murdering Jesus. And you're listening, God, I put truth is Born to Satan and to those who follow him instead of Christ. They can't see truth. They don't understand truth. There are really two answers to our life, two roads that we can choose to go to, two ways that we can live our life. Jesus is Lord and Savior or Satan. That's it. Now, the world, the Satan will try to fool you into thinking there's many other ways, but it's not true. I want to finish the message looking at verses 43 for 47. Why do you not understand what I say? Jesus looked at him and said, Is it because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Notice lowercase f. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth. He's just given a definition now of Satan. He's a murderer from the beginning. He doesn't stand for the truth uh, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, Jesus said, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you why, you, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The, the reason why you do not hear them is our, you are not of God. I mean, Jesus just laid it out in this conversation. So you have to know God to hear him. You have to know God. You have to surrender your life to him. Why? Because he is the way and the truth and the life. Synonyms for truth. Reality. Honesty and fact. When we're talking about truth, we're talking about reality. We're talking about facts, and we find them in the Word of God. 
Now, like I said in the beginning of the series, it's called Truth and Consequences. So if you choose to go your own way, you will show, I will show you the consequences of that in the coming weeks when you do that. So my question for you as we stand and close, the ushers want to come forward. Is there anybody that truly wants to receive Christ today? Maybe you heard about Jesus before, but you've never surrendered your life for him. But then I thought, could there be somebody in here that you would like to see come to Christ? A friend of yours, a work associate, a neighbor. Where does that, how does that happen? You pray for him and you pray for them and you ask the Lord to give you the words to say. And the reason why I ask that, just come up and let us pray for you. I mean, you think about it. Every one of us have people might be a family member, it might be a spouse, it might be a child, it might be a neighbor that we want to pray for to receive Christ. Truly, if we were really true, this altar would be filled every week. Seriously. Praying that people, that the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ would shine upon them as they surrendered their life for him. Father, I ask you to bless our offering today, Father. Father, thank you for our meeting the other night. Just like Jeff shared, it was a beautiful time of fellowship, Father. We want to try to do that possibly quarterly, where we just sit down and and talk with one another and fellowship with one another and share what God is putting on our hearts because we know where we go for the truth. So, Father, bless our offering today. Father, bless our altar time today. Father, put pictures in our in our minds in our hearts of people that don't know you that we want nothing else for them to come to the truth of the gospel of the glory of Christ father I pray for this funeral today father thank you for the opportunity to share because I know there's going to be people in here that don't know what the word Jesus mean don't understand why he came to earth and that was to bring us the truth Father, so I pray that truth will reign in this place, Father, that this house will be called the house of truth, the house of prayer, the house of the gospel, the house of love, the house of coming alongside one another and lifting them up and encouraging them, Father. Father, I pray that these messages in the next few weeks will be encouraging, but at the same time, eye-opening and challenging to realize where we got to go for the truth. And where do we find it and who we follow, Father? I give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.